Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Sex and children. How do we talk to our children about sex? This is one of the topics I get asked about all the time. And this question becomes even more crucial to couples as they begin to do this work of orgasmic enlightenment. They see and they feel the changes in their own relationships and their lives. And they wonder, how can we present a different view of sexuality to our children than we got? How can we make it so that they don't have to go through all of the deprogramming that we have had to do? Something I find magical that happens all the time is how once people hit a certain level of transformation, they become walking and living ambassadors of this work. It's the well-fuckedness in motion. And it's usually inadvertent. I mean, they just begin to act and put themselves out in the world so much differently that people see changes in them. And they may not know <laughs> what the changes are, but it's like, what are you doing differently? There is something just different about you. And then the couple or the single will begin talking about it. And they usually can't stop talking about it. I laugh when people come to my in-person retreats and they often tell their friends and their family that they are going on a vacation or a yoga retreat. (laughs) And then they come back and they are all glowing and well-fucked and transcended. And they now share, well, actually we went to sex camp or orgasm school and they want to tell everyone. What often happens first with the children of parents who are better connected and having holy fuck style gourmet sex is that they notice something different about their mom and their dad. They are happier, they fight less, they're more easygoing, they spontaneously begin making out in the kitchen. The house just feels lighter and more joyful and this energy is infectious. The couple is the center of the home. They, as parents, are the epicenter and the fuel source. Everything radiates out from them. If they are in sync and connected, their children, their business, everything is fed by that flow. But if they are at odds and defended against each other, that same energy inverts on them and causes all sorts of unrest and disruption in their lives. Their children often wear this as belligerents, fighting more, being defensive, just like their parents are. Yes, you are that powerful. Your choices and your energy matter. They affect everything that you do, even and especially your children. When the parents are in harmony, the family is in harmony. 
often behavioral issues that have not responded to everything from medication to therapy, even though I don't recommend medicating children, evaporate when the parents come together. Your children are the symbolic representation of your relationship. Yes, they are their own beings, but they are infinitely and fully born out of you. So what happens in you happens in them. The other thing to consider is that if you are not educating your children and modeling a healthy sex life to them, someone else will. That will be porn or the cultural messages of shame and violation and unconsciousness or the school messages of sex will kill you and get you pregnant now, off you go. I know that many people carry a history of sexual abuse, and so because they are so worried about transferring any of that energy to their children, they avoid the topic of sex entirely and they hide from it. All this does is reinforce on a deep level that sex is taboo, shameful, and something to be scared of. Instead, you lead the way. You model love and bliss and the truth of sex, which is that it is a massive energy source and a portal to the divine. This means that to do this cleanly, you need to do your own healing work around sex. And then you can be a clear channel for the truth of what sex really is and what a magical, powerful, ecstatic union actually looks like because you live it and it emanates from you every day. That is what you teach your children. Today we are talking to Mark and Amanda. They have six children between them, ranging from age seven to 22. This is the second marriage for both of them, and so some of these children came from before them. But not only do they have six children, they run their own successful business, and their sex life is off the charts and better than ever. I have interviewed both of them separately as all-stars because they have some great and epic and hilarious hilarious stories to share and here I have brought them back again to address this topic of sex and children. These guys really are the well-fucked all-stars of the year. Well-fucked all-stars! Right, welcome our epic well-fucked all-stars, Amanda and Mark, yet again back to share <laughs> your well-fucked wisdom. <laughs> Thank Hi. You. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Thanks very much. All right. So today we are sharing and talking all about sex and children and how we talk to our children about sex. And you guys have some amazing stories that you have shared as I've been talking to you about your evolution and your experiences in general. You had all these amazing stories about how you now model your sex life or your intimate relationship to your children, what they observe, and now how you talk to your children about sex. So has there been a difference now when you've elevated your intimate relationship in terms of how your children see you and react to you versus before that happened? I, I would definitely say yes. Um, we've always been very openly affectionate with each other, so it's never been a hidden thing. But I think the kids pick up on a lot more respect around the intimacy that we share with each other and what used to be 
Ew. Oh my God. Yuck. Is now, oh, they're pissing again. And the younger ones, if we're being loving and affectionate with each other, like up in the kitchen, they like to come and wedge themselves in between us and jump in the middle, which is a really nice, to, yeah, sweet thing. To be a part of it. So yeah, it's there, there's a... It uh, feels like good. A, They're naturally drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah, and they, um, and they and they do they 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 love getting in the middle of it, and you know they'll they'll even sometimes call out to each other. So you know if one's in it, they'll call out to the other younger sibling and go, "Hey," and and so then we've got a we've got a kind of four way sandwich happening. Hey, it's kitchen. cuddle time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, and in terms of when we're sexually intimate. It's not that they know exactly what we're doing, but they know that we've gone downstairs and our bedroom is separate. It's downstairs from the rest of the household. That's all that's down there is our bedroom. Mm. So if we go down there, I have a 16-year-old who still lives at home and she's like, I'm just, if you're downstairs, I'm just never coming down. Like that's the end. <laughs> and the other, the younger two, uh, they will stand at the top of the stairs and say, can we come down? <laughs> Not today. Not now. <laughs> so. well, and, and, that, and that's also been a little bit of an evolution because I, I think over the last sort of two years that we've been doing the work and obviously the, the intimacies, you know, climbed significantly. Um, and as Mandy says, it was never not, was never, there wasn't, ever not a lot of intimacy but there's certainly there's constant simmer and connection now mm. like constant um they you know they have in the early days they would come down and we were being intimate even before we started doing the work you know what i mean and and our responses would be <clears throat> what i would describe as culturally driven in that oh, no, no, quick get out don't you know you don't want to sort of see that and and then as we've sort of done the work and stuff they've still you know from time to time come down and interrupted us at times and we've just paused intimately paused and just said no guys we're just mum and dad are connecting we'll be up in a second you know and usually they're coming down to say can we watch something on tv or come because <laughs> so, they know i think they know they're gonna get a yes from whatever it is that they it's want pretty to. much like they can ask for anything <laughs> it's well, like yes <laughs> but, but funny story we were on holidays Mark and I were trying um, a more decadent sexual act and our nine-year-old daughter came in and had a full conversation and we were just, I just kind of was laying there with my legs, he's on top of me, and it was just... She was a full So we answered all the questions and then we were like, okay, can you go out now? Like It, it, wasn't, it wasn't an ex... It was, we weren't ex... You know, it, she couldn't we, tell what was going on. But no. she, there was for her, it was probably a lot like, oh, they're cuddling again, only without clothes on and lying on the bed. Mm. But it was she was comfortable enough to have the conversation that she wanted to have, which was not, can I watch TV? It was something, you know, nine year oldish, um, and and then go, yeah, okay. And we answered all the questions, and then yeah, okay, and then off she went. And, mm. and so yeah, that's certainly evolved over the last two years and 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 now there's we don't seem to get interrupted they know that yeah. we're connecting regularly um and i think it's also evolved from a gentle exposure of just mm. intimacy around the house that where they used to say stop it which 
Actually, it was driven from they wanted to see us kissing, but they would pretend they found it yucky is how it felt. And so Mark and I discussed it and we decided that rather than stop doing that in front of them, we would gently expose them to it more, more so that it wasn't gross, it's not yucky. And with the older ones, we actually do have conversations that the alternative is that you're fighting. Like you can either see us being loving and caring and affectionate with each other and intimate, or the other option is angry, unhappy. Under five. We're, <laughs> um, we're really pretty, it's, it's really, really important, I think, for you know, that evolution that we've taken. We've always tried to be quite open and honest with the kids mm. about a lot of things. Um, but certainly when, you know, now that they're exposed to it and we've exposed them to it in, you know, in an appropriate and kind of um, loving way, mm. um, you know, because ultimately, you, you, you know, we've learned because we both had um, previous marriages, we've learned that that at the heart of everything, all the children want is for their parents to be together, even and, and loving. And even though they, you know, as teenagers or as young adults or even as, as tweenies, they don't show that and they certainly don't communicate that. When you get past all of that, because we've got older kids and you talk to them in retrospect, a lot of the challenges and the damage that gets done in a family unit with stepchildren and children and all that sort of stuff is born from them just wanting their parents to be mm. together. So, you know, from that we've kind of learned and gone righto. So, you know, we, we have a relationship now that is, you know, you know, for us never never going to change in a in a in a in a negative way. So for the children that that you know that are with us in the house now, we just, you know, we're just giving them everything that that they need to see around that. And, and, and their sense of security can be very high. I think what a lot of people get caught up on is that they think that because, especially because there's so much currently um, abuse of sex and misuse mm. of sex that they feel like the safest thing they can do is to protect their children from that, like to never mm -hmm. let them know that they have sex and never talk about it, never go there, maybe, you know, outsource that education responsibility to the schools. And if they have to have that conversation at some point, then, okay, we'll, we'll get prepared and we'll do it mm. versus constantly modeling a beautiful, healthy, loving, sensual connection that they can feel palpably, right? So the example of you guys say kissing in the kitchen and your children, you know, like gravitating towards that, right? Like that's an energy that feels good. And it's also constantly reinforcing to them, even if they don't consciously understand it that their their parents are in love their parents are together their parents are happy and they provide that safe and powerful container for them to grow within and so that's the messages that are constantly being reinforced to our children when they see that loving connection expressed rather than no we can't really be that you know we can give a 
kiss on the cheek to say goodbye, but we can't really show deep affection because that's, yeah. that's, yuck, that's dirty. That's our own internalized stuff around sexuality and the taboo of sexuality rather than us knowing that we are the examples. We are the leaders. We are the mm-hmm. teachers and they absorb that either through the conversations that we're having and just by our actions alone. Yeah. Yeah. True. I know we had, um, he's now 21, but when he had his 18th birthday, we had a party here at the house and um, Mark and I were hanging with the 18-year-olds. There were quite a few here and we ended up dancing and having a couple of drinks with the kids that were 18. Um, But our son was telling us after the party that he had friends that were like, your parents are like so cool, they're so amazing because of the affection that we showed each other and the way that we danced with each other. And, Mm. yeah, even my 16-year-old will say it's different in other people's houses. Mm. Well, we we had a... So our youngest, who's seven, was playing in the street last night Mm. And I got home, um, I got home, I think, I don't know, 6, 6.30, and I was in the car, and uh, Mandy didn't know I was home, but she came out to see what the boys were doing, so he was playing with a kid in the street. And I was on the phone, so so we, we connected visually, um, and we had a really good simmering day. After, mm. You know, we just had a lovely day yesterday, um, like te- texting and on the phone and stuff, so a couple of overwhelming moments together. So... Um, and then I got out of the car and we kissed and connected in the street. Um, and, you know, for us it was normal. And certainly for a meal it was absolutely normal. Um, but for the boy that he was playing with, we heard him behind us stop and say to Emil, do they do that every day? Every time. Do they do that every time? Yeah. And, you and- know, and, and we had, I, I don't know about Mandy because we, we, knew that he'd said that, but we had an instant reflex. I had an instant reflex to disconnect, to go, oh, I'm making him question or be uncomfortable, which is, again, those cultural norms, and we didn't. We, I think I I pulled back and either Mandy didn't let me or I got, a, I got control of my own self and then just came further in for a kiss. Um, but, and look, there's nothing overtly sexual about what we were doing. We were simply having a passionate kiss. Just we hadn't seen each other all day, so... And we'd been simmering, so we we kissed as we would do every day, mm. you know, multiple times. And so, just to highlight, it's just you know, we talked about I think in one of our other chats, Kim, you and I, cultural norms and how they, and you just alluded to them before about sexual taboos and stuff. And you know, we're not sitting here suggesting that you know sex needs to be had on the street and things like that. It's it's still exactly the you know the intimate you know monogamous thing that that it is for us. Um, and sensual and and open, but it's open and transparent and you know exactly as you described it's that energy so our son actually our boys generally they've just had so much energy in their whole lives you know I mean it's just they're walking up the street parkouring off you know rock walls and jumping over you know it's just insane that you know and and you know going to skate parks and riding bikes and surfing and doing all this sort of stuff and you know we're we're I think some of that comes from us. Some of that comes from that that confidence and com- level of comfort in our sex, you know, sexual intimacy and our connection. 
Um, but certainly it was odd for the young man in our street that obviously wasn't seeing that mm. every day. Mm. And that was just kid. a kiss. That was a passionate yeah, kiss. kiss. Yeah. And that really struck him as unusual. Yeah. 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 It, was sad. it was It was funny for us. But yeah, it, it, made, hard, me, it, it made me chuckle, but yeah. I was, I, it, it did make me think, so that's not your normal, which we, every, we know that, but our little one, he didn't even look up from what he was doing. He was like, they were yeah. smashing rocks. So he did look up and was like, mm, yeah. went back to what well, he was doing. <laughs> and to, to be honest, he would have known what was going to happen when I got out of the car, whether it was to the extent more or less than what, what he saw. He was like, oh, you know, they try and get to me when I get home from work before I get to mum. Mm. So they'll they'll run up and give me a cuddle and go, oh, you know, which which just I love and everyone would. Um, and then they'll go, oh, and, and there's mum. And they'll say, they'll often say, isn't she beautiful? It doesn't mum look beautiful. I, and even this this morning, Emil came, Mandy came up to make the kids um, something to eat. And Emil was like, oh, mum, you look so gorgeous. And it's just, it is true. It's exactly what he said. <laughs> and he was, my dress is backless and he was tickling my back. And I was like, that's really nice. Keep doing it. <laughs> and he said to Mark, come over here, Danny, and feel her skin. It's so smooth. So there was this, <laughs> I was like, take your time, boys. Again, <laughs> yeah, it was nice. So I think just the overflow of being open to loving and affectionate relationships just helps the whole household get on board with that as well. And, and it is, it's, diff, it's different for all ages. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's obviously the seven and nine-year-olds are, uh, you know, in a certain place and then 16-year-olds are in a different place or 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds are in a different place. But, um, you know, as challenging as I think teenagers can be, and they are challenging, um, I can certainly step back um, uh, and look at that relationship that particularly Mandy has with, um, our 16-year-old and, and say it's quite unique. Um, it, it still has all the challenges around, you know, teenagers fortunately knowing everything <laughs> and their frontal lobe developing and so emotions running incredibly high. But, you know, the fact that Mandy's taken the time to connect with her around sexuality and around to be honest, loving herself, loving herself in a way that also can be um, intimate, not dirty, not, mm. you know, um, get to know herself, understand her body before she decides she wants to give it to someone else or anything like that, you know, mm. just, you know, and it's... it's she is, yeah. yeah, she's, well, she's 16, so she's very <clears throat> intrigued with sex and all things boys and girls and everything in between. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we after I, we sort of did VKF together, I shared as much as was appropriate for her age while I was doing that one. And by VKF, to clarify, you mean vaginal kung fu, the vaginal but kung fu, yeah. Jim yeah. 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 Can I jump in and just say it was probably... In reality, it was probably similar for, for our daughter to what it was for me to begin with. You couldn't have Mandy do the work and then not notice. You know, she, it wasn't like 
I mean, obviously, we're at a point where we'd like to give the kids as much of this as, as is appropriate, age appropriate at a time. But at the same time, you know, for our 16-year-old, she was knocking on the door. She was going, what are you, what are you doing? What's happening? Why is this going like this? What are you, you know what I mean? It was... She was intrigued by the yeah. personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing what's happening. Well, and interestingly, of course, she her cycle started for the first time while I was doing vaginal kung fu. So it was the perfect timing to share. But in terms of that salon, if I knew that from starting my cycle, my I would have a very different attitude towards my cycle altogether. So which that has evolved over time anyway, but helping her to love herself and lean into that part of your life. And then also, as Mark was saying, just expressing to her the healthiness of getting to know yourself intimately and personally so that you know what you like and you know what you want and what feels good to you before you begin sharing it elsewhere. I know even our 21-year-old, I kind of embarrass him a bit, but we were at the park on a Sunday afternoon. I was like, what are you going to do for the rest of the afternoon? He said, I'm going to go home, just watch a bit of Netflix. And I said, are you going to Netflix and chill? And he went, no, I'm going home by myself. (laughs) And I said, hey, there's nothing wrong with a bit of uh, (laughs) self-love. And so he's like, oh, my God. (laughs) But it's true. Get to know yourself. Like, I'm a big proponent of self-love. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so in terms of that, like, because some people might ask, all right, so when you were children, I think a lot of people, like a lot of people ask me, you know, how did you talk to your, your son about sex? And I was like, well, I never really had to have a big, the big talk, right? The big conversation, because it was always an open conversation, right? Whether I was having conversations or doing Q&A calls or webinars, like in the living room and he'd be in the kitchen making smoothies or whatever, like, you know, none of that was ever censored, right? And like I say with you, it's not like you're giving each other oral sex in the kitchen while you're making dinner, but you're not, you know, hiding the love and the affection in that sensuality between you and so that's always in the atmosphere and the ethers and they're just Mm. surrounded by that and so if there ever is a question I always tell people like jump on it right like use that as an opportunity to share and but but really a lot of it comes through osmosis that you know whatever you're doing is just so and the uh, and the energy of it is so open it's an open invitation right there's a perpetual energy of non-judgment right? Like you can ask anything, you can, you know, say anything and we're here, we're available for that. And so it sounds like that's what you're saying. Whenever your children do actually ask a question, you're fully open and available for them. Yeah. And we, we do actually just bluntly put it like that. When sometimes um, they pull away and we will actually have like a meeting with them and let them know, like, we're here. You can actually mm. talk to us about anything. And the eldest is 22 mm. and then the eldest teenager is 16. And between the 22 and the 16, we have actually said to all four of those guys, 
they have exposed us to enough that I we really can't be shocked anymore. They've, <laughs> they've done enough things over their teenage and childhood years that it's like whatever. you. And sometimes I will jokingly, but yeah, there's a little bit of truth in all jokes we say, um, but thank them because you're preparing me for the younger kids again, the nine and seven-year-old that... So what I've done with you guys might not be what I do with these guys on the bottom end of well, and it's, the age group. And it's, and, it's, and it's definitely not. I mean, as so as parents, well, even outside of doing your work, I think while well, I hope we all try and evolve to, to do better as people and parents or as individuals and then as couples and then as parents, um, but without a doubt, you know, we're not parenting the same way that we parented our 21 and 22-year-old. So, because, <clears throat> I mean, that's... A, we're, that's a bit, we're a bit stricter. We're a bit... We were? You're saying, or we are? We were stricter. We were stricter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we were younger, obviously, and stricter. Um, and we had less skills and less tools, and we were less connected. I guess we had less... Not, not less connected, but less less of the right sort of same energy that it we have. It wasn't have. the same sex that we're having now, that's mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's <clears throat> really in our toolbox, the sex is a massive part for us to work through blockages and difficulties and then be able to come back and share ourselves differently with the children on and share in all aspects, like their education, their work, their business, their play dates, their, like there's a large spectrum from seven to 22. There's a lot of different things going on in the family all the time. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you guys had shared um, with me how your daughter, I think it was in the original interview we did with you, Amanda, she was like, you guys are always doing it. You're always going at it. And so how did you respond to her? So that actually came about because she had a friend over and the friend said to me, when we're at school, if anyone ever wants to know anything about sex, we ask her, my daughter, because she's the most knowledgeable and she's sitting there and she laughs and she's like, well, it's because you guys are always doing it. Like, it's hard not to know. And then because we talk about it and, and of, because of the, the VKF as well, I was sharing, you know, the breathing techniques and breast massage and self-love and just really open, talking about yoni eggs and so. It's like, it's like what you said before, Kim, you... you you're not planning to have conversations with your kids necessarily. What you're doing is you're creating, <clears throat> you're creating an open environment where one, there's a language of love there anyway, um, mm -hmm. and then two, you've got an environment where one of the children, any of the children can ask the question, and particularly with, with Mandy, they're going to get a straight answer, not a, not a rude answer, not a, not a overtly sexual answer. They're just going to get an honest straight answer mm -hmm. around what what they're asking so you know and savannah is she's young and she's inquisitive so when she asks questions same as mm -hmm. our other two children they get the answer so, so what actually, might she ask 
What are some examples of questions that she's asked? So we, well, one thing she did ask was she wanted her breasts to grow. She was like, they're too small. I want them to grow bigger. And I was like, well, where, where your energy goes is where you growth will go. So it's like, you can, I can teach you these um, breast massages that I've learned from Kim and you can do this like every day. So she's actually been doing the breast massage every day and very happily has been blossoming. So <laughs> that's nice for her. I, I, she didn't ask me, but I know she asked about uh, ejaculate and, and how you would taste. Yeah, she has um, <clears throat> directly asked like what do you do because I don't want to swallow and I was like so that was a that was actually another really nice conversation that ended up being you know when the when it's the right person it won't bother you at all accepting him into your body will not be an issue but you know there are techniques that you can use that would mean you don't have to swallow but also he doesn't need to know that you didn't swallow because that would wouldn't that be offensive if you were doing that for a guy and then you were like, that part's gross? So, yeah, that was a nice... Oh, and, I mean, in the scheme of things, that would lead to not doing it. Um, but also, if, if, if you're in a position, I guess, as, as you would explain it to a younger person of appropriate age to have that conversation, to me, like, if I was... I would explain it to my boys if I was asked that it is... It's a, it's appropriate but not necessary for for a woman to swallow ejaculate. And if she's not, you would want to want you would want to ask why, not in a critical criticism kind of way, but it is what 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 about me? Am I not doing that's allowing me not to be received by you? And you know, if the woman would say a quite a quite honest response, which is, oh, that's disgusting. I just wouldn't do it to anyone then you would simply, to my boys, I would simply just then say, well, I think we need to understand in a loving way why. Mm. Why wouldn't you do that? What is what is your blockage around that? Um, you know, because ultimately, and it's not 16-year-olds, it's probably not 18 or 21, but if you're, if you're in a relationship with someone who you truly deeply love, um, and I'm not suggesting that everyone has to do it, but swallowing your partner's ejaculate and um, you know, living on a cum diet or, or, or whatever, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. You 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 know, in essence, you, we've created a same as we've created that setting for our children of of love. For Mandy and I, we <clears throat> we have all the challenges that normal couples have, obviously, and and still do. But we create a a cauldron of of not being able to get enough of each other not being able to get enough of each other's, you know, sweat, love, energy, you know, essence, essence the essence of each other. So, mm. yeah, and that's kind of the message that you'd want, I'd want to be communicating. I know Mandy would <clears throat> to, our, to our kids as well. But, but I can see the cultural norms around those responses that they have being, you know. Well, in, in terms of cultural norms, the 16-year-old did say to me, that she thinks we have sex an excessive amount. That's a ridiculous amount of sex that you have. And it was almost like she was frustrated. She was like, it's hmm. it's excessive, mum. And I said, but it's, not, it's abnormal. It's not, it's <clears throat> not excessive. It's for us, we're not planning to have any more children. This is pretty much exactly what I said to her. We're not planning to have any more children. So now we have 
We're not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we have all this creative life force energy within our two bodies. And if we're not going to create a child with that energy, we can still use that energy and put it out into the world. So if we keep revving that energy up and keeping that energy flowing within our systems, then we can we can rev that up in the morning and we can go to work and we can use that to create something amazing during our workday. And she was like, yeah, but you don't need to do it every day. So I was, but then I likened it to workouts. Like, so I go into the gym because that gets my endorphins going, it gets me going for the day. And then I feel like I can take on the world. And I said, it's the same with sex. Mm-hmm. And then it came around to, she was like, well, I don't think I'm going to have sex every day. I don't think I need to do that. Maybe like two or three times a week. So it's like, well, you know, that's fine. I mean, she's only 16. So these are just conversations and ideas. Um, But I did, I said to her, when you get married, that's the person you're going to have sex with for the rest of your life. That's the only person you can have sex with. So if you don't desire to have sex with the person you're married to you might as well just be friends with them what's the benefit of being married to that person you want to find someone that really lights your fire that lives within the same passions of you that you you're working together to help like Mark and I now say we our motivation is for each other. He wants to help me feel better and I want to help him feel better. So it's that yin and yang and we just keep pushing and pulling each other along. So, yeah, and I was able to communicate that to our daughter that if you're not using that life force energy to create a child, you can use it for something else. But also if you're waiting three days to have sex, it's, you've already simmered out like you and then you have to rev everything up again and get going again where if you keep it going it really is the yin and yang and that spinning wheel never stops it just keeps and things happen in your life that are so beautiful and as a result of keeping that energy flowing that that creative energy is just continually flowing through. Mm. Well, as much as we can sort of talk about it, we were, you know, fortunately from, from, from being an army fans, we, we've lived it. We've done, we've done the, the extended sex dates and then seeing what happens from that. We've done the, you know, sex weekends and oh my God, we've seen what's happened from that, you know, so we love sex weekends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're so good. Well, just that ener- it's that energy that you're talking about is just yeah. It's, oh, it's um, and the kids do know too. They're they're really supportive of us taking that time out. And, but, and that's been a change. I mean, that's that's definitely different to what was sort of where I guess where they were at the, the clinginess or the. The, the, the well, annoyed we're going away without yeah, them. The, that used yeah, to be, yeah. That's not fair. You guys are going to go away and leave us with Nan and Pop or with my sisters yeah. or yeah, or their and, older siblings. And we'll go have all the fun. But and they have a glorious time when they're yeah. with their grandparents and their mm-hmm. siblings. So, 
But there's just there's so much positive energy that comes back. Like we talked about it once before, but we had like a three or four week absolute external glow from our first from our first um, sex, sex weekend. Yeah. yeah, sex weekend. Sex like weekend, it was yeah. it was three or four weeks. It was yeah, oh, it was, inc- and then we just and so now they're locked in. Like we blocked our four, you know, try and even if it's just an overnight, it's an all day, an overnight, and then an all day. We, we're, we're making sure we get that near enough to 48, 36 to 48 hours as a minimum of... of Alone know. together time. Yeah. yeah. But just to be sure, we do still take the kids on holidays as well. We don't... <laughs> <laughs> we haven't booked them out and not taken the kids. <laughs> they don't miss out. No, 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 they certainly don't miss out. No. So what you're saying though, is that they're feeling their uh, the energy of when you come off of these extended set states and that glow, that bliss, whatever it feels really good. So even if they can't articulate exactly like, oh, they're coming back and they had lots of sex and things are good, something they do register that something really yeah. positive is coming out of that of your time away and yeah. whether it's your like you know your connecting time within your home or you going away and coming back like on an unconscious level at least they register that something really amazing and beautiful is coming out of that that benefits them mm-hmm. and so there's a shift as you're saying in them supporting <laughs> these activities yeah even if yeah fully understand you know the mechanisms and I love that you do use those opportunities to explain the mechanism like the way you talked about describing sex to your teenage daughter as this energy source and the power source and this is how we fuel our lives and create our lives I mean what parent has had that conversation with their children you know very rare and oh, so nice. you know I think another thing that you shared that I heard is that a lot of the dominant messaging around sex is like casual sex, incidental, like having sex with people you don't really even care about that much is really normalized, right? Yes. And so I think that for for people coming at, at a more, you know, we might call ourselves like liberal perspective, it's like, no, you have the freedom to go out and do, like that was the messaging I would have received, you know, like coming yeah. into yeah. my adulthood and the like is like you have the freedom to go and do these things like it's really this moral judgment that is holding people back from free sexual expression and then realizing that okay yeah you can go out and have random casual meaningless sex but that's not the best use of that energy so from a strictly Uh energetic standpoint not a moral one right is this experience rejuvenating blissful ecstatic transcendent Uh transformative does it make you a better person and does it change your Uh life that's always my barometric question and if not then you're quote doing it wrong, meaning there's something about who you've chosen or the way you're having sex. If it feels guilty or shameful or negative yeah. or depleting, then that's a negative use of that energy. But I think that the messaging, that some of the dominant messaging in the culture is that casual sex is totally fine and good, and all the cool liberated people have it. And so I think that's um, you know, and so to convey a message that's more about the conscious 
use of that energy as a creative power is wonderful to be able to get in there because that's to me that's really the big the essence of sex the truth of sex and it's just been marred and obscured with all of these other cultural taboos and myths and misinformation um which have which have probably led to that to, to that environment where you're saying in theory casual sex is okay and in, well and it, you know and but but it's not giving you as you say the life force and that comes from all those cultural that mm. that cultural bias and all that sort of stuff so yeah I mean and, and as parents the, I think the reason we're talking in the way that we do to our kids is so that they do have a different perspective I mean the last thing we want is our children going out and having casual sex or irresponsible sex or you know things like that <clears throat> and the most thing we want is for them to find someone that they truly can connect with and start laying the foundations for what you know obviously the person they're intimate with if, if they're intimate at 16 or 17 or 18 and I prefer it to be later but whatever it is you know it, it, that's not likely to be the person they're going to spend the rest of their life with you know like genuinely people don't fall in love and spend the rest of their life with their 16-year-old or 18-year-old partners. But if they've got this foundation of understanding what, well, what we've now learned sex and intimacy and, and that energy is all about, if they can start that at that age, mm. that will redefine very much their life, their challenges, their opportunities, their connections, their relationships, but I mean, not even just their intimate relationships, but if you can start being, you know, essentially a well-fucked human being from 17 or 18 or 19, I mean, the, the, when, the, the when effect un- yeah. that would have. When you understand the deeper meaning of a well-fucked person. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm meaning that, yeah, that that cauldron of, of positive, you know, connecting connecting energy and that's why I really encourage all the older kids to get to know themselves because if you know yourself intimately it's way it's just so much healthier and easier to meet someone that's on your level if you already know who you are where if you're if you don't know who you are yet and you're out there looking for somebody else I just I think you're not sure who you're actually looking for anyway because you still don't know who you are. So, And I have actually had some very cool conversations um, with the older three uh, that when you do have an intimate connection with someone, you get to take some of that person with you because you have this energetic exchange so when you're going to have an energetic exchange with someone a sexual exchange that it's not just about protecting yourself with condoms and protective sex it's also check what you want to share like is that energy something that you want to take with you Mm. into the next week or the next month or a little piece of that connection from that person will stay with you for life there's it will reset something in your body things your body's talking to you all the time well it would it would arm surely the work in in young people which is and i I know you've been petitioned to do things for children or for younger people but arming them with this kind of information 
and knowledge, surely it would arm our children to then not be in relationships which are not equal, not be in relationships where they are being dominated by a partner or, you know, and I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean abused necessarily, but I certainly do. Yeah, toxic, toxic. And that can be both ways. That can be, um, you know, I'm, I'm with an underfucked woman and she's nagging the living shit out of me. So that's toxic. You know, so one, address it, deal with it, work on it if your partner is, you know, but even from a young age, knowing yourself, knowing what your, your energetic exchanges are providing, it's, it, it, it surely gives you the tools and skills to go, well, you know, God forbid my partner hit me. That's not okay. I'm, I'm, I'm out. You know, this is, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all those, it's kind of those core fundamentals that, you know, because from, from everything you see and read, you don't know your partner till you know your partner and then they do, they potentially do the wrong thing. So essentially with all of this love and energy and connection, you, you kind of can't, you can't be in that relationship. You, you know what I mean? The, the, the knowledge and the, and the, the energy wouldn't allow you to to be a part of that. And so, then if you know yourself well enough, you're strong enough to let that relationship go. Correct. Because you've done and, the foundation work on yourself. So. Yeah. Well, I think this is a really great argument for why it's so important to be open and transparent and truthful about sex is because when we grow up in an environment and we live in a, you know, overall cultural worldwide environment of so much obscuring and, um, you know, misrepresentation about sex is Mm -hmm. then I think that our own internal compass gets gets you know waylaid and so when we're then in a relationship and we're trying to work our way through it our intuition is fucked right like it's not even accurate anymore because we've taken in all of this stuff this programming around sex and intimacy that we really it's really difficult to hear our own inner voice and our own inner truth and so love that you know this whole message here is that as parents we model that and the more that we are have done our own personal work and our own personal block clearing individually and as a relationship unit we then have a we are much more clear channels for that Mm -hmm. truth and for the true power of sexual energy to exist and emerge and funnel out from us but then we're also showing that to our children that we're trying to get them back to their own own internal center of who they are and what sexual energy is for them and in them and you know what you said earlier like wanting them to be well fucked and I'll just clarify that too is that my definition of well fucked is that that's somebody who's truly owning and inhabiting their sexual energy they're clear on what that is they're using it consciously as a creative power and an energy source in the universe right doesn't mean that they're having lots of humping right like it's not yeah. they're having <laughs> you're having multiple sex like all the time you know sure they might be having a lot of sex you guys have a lot of sex but it's the way that you're having sex and the way that you're using sexual energy and that's what we're looking to cultivate in our children and so if they 
have that foundation, then they can go out into the world. And the examples you gave, if they are exposed to toxic people, they do start to enter a toxic relationship, then they'll much be much faster to eject that. Their system will just yes. be so, it'll be so anomalous to them that they will just eject it and walk away from yep. it very quickly. But people who grow up with so much programming and especially the parents if the, the parents are a walking interference field if the parents mm. have not mm. done their work intimately sexually all of the shit and the unresolved trauma and mm. baggage that they have is literally just sitting in the ethers that is what they are passing on to their children. That is their genetic material, their gifts to their children. So their children Absolutely. will be in this fog and haze. And then when they mm. step out into the world and into relationships, they'll be operating at a massive deficiency because they're mm. bringing in all of this interference. They're like, like I said, a walking interference field and unable to connect with their own truth. And so much more easily able to get stuck in negative relationships, yeah. toxic, damaging relationships that are only going to reinforce all of these negative beliefs and ideas and experiences that they are wearing and living. And as you often say, you don't know what you don't know. So until you know it. So <laughs> we've, I'm very open with it and Mark does too, but we often say to the older kids, actually even to our younger two, but with regards to their friendships at school. But we tell them, just be really honest. Just say what you want. And if that person is not into what you're into, if they don't want to do what you want to do, then you don't have to stay with that. You don't have to be with that. But also, to especially to the older ones, don't portray yourself to be something that you're not to try to win that person over because that's not truly who you are. I know even the 16-year-old recently had a boyfriend. They've since broken up. But she didn't like to eat in front of him because she wanted to appear, I don't know, teenier or smaller or, you know, more dainty. She didn't like to eat in front of him. And I picked up on it and I was like, why don't you eat? And she went, I just don't like eating in front of him. And I was like, you don't want to be that girl. You don't want to be the one that can't eat in front of her boyfriend. But also it's not that he might not find that attractive either. Like maybe he finds a girl who eats a big burger attractive <laughs> as opposed to little teeny tiny bites. Like, I know I do. I find a girl who eats a burger. <laughs> That's just like make me a burger. <laughs> So, yeah, it was just about just honour your truth and be who you really are and then you can more quickly move through to the positive stage or you can realise that you're not you're not right for each other. So, 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 so can I, uh, something you said before, Kim, I just want to I want to add to it. Like on it, Mandy and I can't validate your work that you, you do um, honestly enough. So for us, I guess the life change it's been enormous. So uh, I, 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 I say a complete thank you. And that's why we, that's why we're so comfortable to come on and talk to you about these things. Um, you, you said before about, you know, as parents, we carry around a lot of shit and, and Mandy and I have our own shit and we've absolutely, you know, in the years gone by carried it around and transferred it 
to our children in mm. various formats, whether that's a, a sexuality or sexual energy thing or or whether it's just your own childhood upbringing and things like that that you transfer. So what, what I found interesting is that I talk to people in our network, in our circle, who are open to what things that we're doing, and we say, look, you know, these are the things, and we've discussed it today, these are the things that are being transferred to our children now. Like we've got this, this open, honest connection, this, this leaning into one another, this leaning on and into one another. Mm-hmm. So we lean on each other all the time. You know, if I'm stressed, Mandy will help me. If she's stressed, I'll help her. And usually that's around sex, but, but that's not what it's about. It's about helping and leaning in and loving your, your partner. So you say you say to people who have a have a degree of openness to it what's happening, which is extraordinary, and and they go, oh, that oh, that can't be right, you know. Like, um, you know, I, I described the story one other time where Mandy's at the table and she's struggling to communicate with someone in her family, and I and I said, what you probably need is my cock in your mouth, and that'll clear your your throat chakra. <laughs> And she's like, yes. And we went downstairs and, you know, and, and so that, that happens, right? That happens. And people are like, no, that, 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 that doesn't seem like it would happen yet. Yeah, well, your friends are like, my friends are like, no, that doesn't seem like it would happen. And, and, but I'm, I'm not making the point about it. My friend's not, <laughs> not, not um, believing that because it sounds, it sounds like dear playboy, this happened to me, but um, <laughs> it, no, <laughs> I have a serious point. But we we know that our negative shit transfers to our children. Yeah. Like we know that. We know that, you know, unfortunately I, I didn't have exposure to, to chronic alcohol or anything, but we know that for, for parents who are alcoholics, often the children will become alcoholics, you know, and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So we we know if we're if we're open that we can see all the negative stuff transferring like that. We know that, that that happens out there in the world. Well, and in reverse too, sometimes the kids might be funky, like misbehaving, playing up at school, something's going on. And we will look at what's happening for them, but we'll also look at what's happening for us and be yeah. like, okay, so is there something we need to shift? Because it's the is dynamic it- in the family. Like I talk about the yin and yang between us. But there's also us as a unit that shares with the children. And so if something's not right between Mark and I, it yeah. often shows up yeah. in the children. As well. Mm. But if that if that negative, if we can understand and we do, and we it's documented the negative would transfer, why would it be so odd to think that the positive does doesn't do the same thing? Mm. I mean, you and I know it. We know it, and obviously a lot of well-fucked couples, and they know it. But you know, but but we only know it because we've done the work, and and, and continue. I was to that, do that's it. what I was. I was just going to say. Took the words out of my mouth. It's, Sorry. <laughs> um, you you got to do the work. We like this is not some, you know, bullshit romantic couple that well, just happens. Well, it's also not an eight-week makeover. No, it's not a. <laughs> Do this six-week course and you'll have the perfect body. It's like, it's not that. It's no. It's, it's learning the tools and then using them all the time and keeping the communication open. And then when you do that and you have this clean slate of a relationship between 
the parents, it just is a really open family unit where I, I feel like all our children feel like they can come and talk to us about anything, really. But we, we still have all the parental challenges of kids. So, you know. Yes, please don't think it's a yeah, smooth our, sailing, easy ride. Our youngest, <laughs> our youngest will, will sulk when he doesn't get what he wants. Mm. You know, our, our, our next youngest, is, who's, who's a beautiful girl, she'll, she'll want people to play the way she wants to play, you know, all the time. You know, just all the, not that that sounds like a big challenge, but just it, there's, there's lots of challenges that, that that happen. You just you're so much better equipped. So they all still happen. You just you ha- and and Mandy put it perfectly before. Um, when there's something showing up in the kids, we we address it. But the first place we then look is between us, and it's not always something between us. It's it's not. So, but all I'm saying is that it's taught us to go. Okay, is there something going on between us? And, and then if there is, then we fix that. Mm. Um, we connect on that. Uh, we alchemize. Yeah. 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 Well, I think the children are the expression of you guys and you are the center unit of the family. And so your energy, you are the, what you, the epicenter. And so what happens within you reverberates out either negative or positive. Mm. Mm. So, and doing, Mandy, you were sharing, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say, doing the personal work on ourselves has taught us to be able to look and use that kind of language and help the kids to look within themselves as well. Mm. I know yeah. the older kids now um, journal. Um, our oldest son carries some crystals with him. He's done a few self-help courses, like 30-day challenges of his mm. own. They're all really into their fitness and looking after their bodies now. And well, and I know you've got a question, Kim, So, but I just want to quickly say one of the things that's also changed for us parenting because it's now what we do in our work with each other is we don't try and solve each other's problems. Uh-huh. So, and that's transferred to our parenting. So, you know, for our, you know, we love our children, you know, more than anything. And so, you know, as they've got, if they've got a problem, we try, we, we, we're strict and we're disciplined, but at the same time, you want to solve that problem. Mm. You know, at a, at a certain point, you know, same as for each other, if I come home stressed, if I don't communicate with Mandy what it's about, because it could be stressed with something that's happening at home, very rarely, but normally it's stress related to work or finances or something like that. So if I don't communicate that, she can love me through that for a day. And if it carries for a second day, she can generally love me through that for a second day and help me, you know, make me the food that I like. And, you know, and then for the third day, it's like, get, get, get the fuck over it. Like either, well, it's- either fix it, <laughs> fix like it. talk to me and let's alchemize on it or, you know, in a loving way, I'm saying and that. And not in do a, the internal work. And so. it's the same for the kids. Like, I mean, you know, we used to, as a, as, a, as a male parent with male children, if my son falls over and I don't think it's significant enough for him to cry as a young child, I'm like, no, come on, mate, suck it up. Let's go. Let's go. And all, all I'm teaching him to do there is just push that emotion down. Mm-hmm. Now, he might have had a fall. And completely unrelated to that fall, he's got emotions that are now coming up. Completely unrelated. But here's the avenue 
for him to channel that emotion and get it out. So now I just say, oh, and it's that's 100% from this lovely woman that I've got that skill now It's and, and the work, but it's it's what, what are you feeling, mate? I said, is the knee, is your, is your scrape knee that sore or is there something else going on? No, it's the knee. No, it's actually, no, it's, no, it's something else. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, great, just let that out. Just let's go. Let's let that out. And usually whatever crying noise they're making, we'll make it with them to help. You know, like when you're birthing and your doula will come along and do the same moaning with you. So we'll do that sort of thing with the kids if they're sobbing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's it. Like, let it out. Yeah. Just, ooh. And, and, it, they, and yeah, it shortens it's it. It's really good. So, so when I look at what, what we've done in the past, where I've got, no, no, suck it up, suck it up. You know, for 15 or 20 minutes later, they, they might be going, because <laughs> they haven't been able to experience the emotion. And it might legitimately have been super sore, but you, you we all know that there's always other stuff going on in our I bodies think, and our mind than what's probably showing up right now. Yeah, I think it's because you make us work so hard through our blockages Yeah, that we're now, like, looking at our kids and trying to provide... The least less, amount of blockages that you have to work through. So. As, as parents, you know you're going to fuck it up. So you just you're just trying to just trying to. There's little things. They're like, yeah, just feel it. Just yeah, go yeah. go with it. Feel it. Let it out. And, and now, do you feel better? And it's like, yep, yeah. yep, off we go. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and that that's been a beautiful that's been a beautiful shift. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you were sharing, Amanda, about doing pole dancing classes and you were telling me about that. And then you shared as well that your 16-year-old daughter has been doing them with you. Yes, she loves it. So um, she was playing up a bit at school, to be honest, and I wanted to start pole dancing. And she's just reached an age where... She wants to pull away, but she also still likes me. So she's like a bit too cool, but also I still really love my mum. So I was trying to come up with ways that we could do something together. And I really wanted to try pole dancing. And I just said to her, look, I I really want to try this pole dancing and see if I like it. And she was like, oh, my God, I would love to do that. Can I come with you? So that's become a weekly thing that we go and do together. We've ended up Mother with a Yeah, it's really fun. Um, Creates an, an incredible energy too for them, like for actually, both of them. It's and on, really that, cool. um, on that first lesson that we went to, there was this pivotal point in the class, I know I shared with you earlier about it, but I now, as a result of doing The Well-Fucked Woman, I really do have... I learned to care way less about even what I think of myself and I really don't care about what other people are thinking of me because I've now actually realised no one's thinking anything. They're just actually looking at themselves. So, But also I used to judge myself quite heavily. So we went along to this first class together and we were both really nervous but fun and, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. And we get there and there's, women with heels that are like 10 inches high and these little booty shorts and crop tops and we rock in and out athletic yoga gear <laughs> and no heels 
And um, yeah, there's this point partway through the class where we both looked at each other and I said to her, I can either cry because I feel like I really suck at this or I can just have a chuckle and keep going. She's like, if I start crying, I won't stop. And I went, okay, so we're just going to laugh and we're just going to keep going. So we did. Did you have that conversation in the class? We actually had that after the class, yeah. but it was the, we did have a little chat, but it wasn't about crying during the class. That was Because I was trying to make the point that interestingly, two individual women, one 16 and one slightly older, um, had had an identical experience in terms of getting to a point in a class where they felt they weren't it was doing, actually doing it as well as they wanted to. And they could have gone one or two ways. They yeah. could have gone... They could have lent lent into the negativity and 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 cried and then never gone back. Yeah. Or they could have just gone. You know what? It's day so, one. I'll I'll have a chuckle at how silly I look or I think I look, and then I'll just keep going, which is which is so much better. And what we actually did was, I looked at her. We were trying to learn this spin around the pole on one leg, one arm attached, and you spin under your arm. Anyway, I looked at her and I was like. Do you get it? She went, and so we both laughed and then went, okay, well, we'll just keep going. And so that was that moment. And it was after the class that I was like, I was about to start crying. Like I felt really hopeless. And then didn't laughed and kept going. And now we go every week. And oh, and they love it. And and they're amazing at it. And we come back and we think we're so good. <laughs> good at it and uh, yeah we ended up getting a pole at the house which has turned out to be her fitness routine for her that's her fitness activity we've always tried to encourage her to do something so um Not all the kids really to, well, to stay active but she's probably been the most challenging yeah. active wise to get moving but the pole has taken away all challenge she absolutely loves it and i think it's a really good age to get into something that's getting into your body, like you have to really be in your body, but it's also so fitness-driven. It's really mm. hard fitness work. Mm. So I'm selling pole dancing now, but <laughs> it's, um, pole, yeah. Pole fitness. Pole fitness. But um, <laughs> emotionally and sensually, I think it's a really nice activity for her to be doing at the moment and that we can share it together and just have fun and it does, it does both those things it gives gives mandy and, and and our daughter another connection point but also when she does it on her own she's again getting to know her body she's understanding it's it's essential dance so it's again it's it's an energy that's that's when used correctly is just an alchemy alchemizing her own positive energy she's a different she's a different young lady when she's done pole dancing for a period of time so it's good different in what way less teenagey for a period so let well she's again she's not in her phone she's not on social media she's at that point so and then she's she's energized so she's physically done activities. So she's got in, in, endorphins mm. and dopamine, and then she's also done done it in a sexual way. And I don't mean that sexualizing, but it's a sensual kind of. Sensual, yeah. So she feel, and, and I'm sure she feels that she looks good doing it because I'm sure she does. She does. 
she does. I'm, of course, not allowed to go in and watch, or, but ultimately she looks she looks great. So she would come away from that. You feel great, yeah. Yeah, well, and I and, and Mandy, you, Mandy uh, came, yeah, Mandy came home, I'll just say, Mandy came home last night, the night before, oh, cool. after doing a class, and I was sitting on the, on the lounge. Normally I'm at the desk doing work, but I was sitting on the lounge. She just came in the door, jumped up on the lounge in my arms and went, oh, this, this is awesome. So she, so her daughter would feel the same way. I, I would say she just, it just blew Mandy up in the most positive way. You do feel good. Mm. If I can articulate though the teenage what Mark feels is teenage is the lack of communication, the kind of um, stereotypically speaking, the grunting, the just looking at your phone, a bit of the, the attitude. When we do something together like pole dancing or Mark will play soccer with the boys or we'll go out and play frisbee or have a game of cricket in the street, any of those connected activities as a unit or one-on-one when the phone gets put down and they they open up and they blossom. So the less teenagery is the yeah, less of- talking, smiling, the eyes are open, the head is up. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. And embodying themselves, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean by less teenagers. So, do you have any other specific stories you might like to share about your children and them, you know, your sexual energy or them asking you things or like walking in on you? Like anything that just illustrates additionally what we've been talking about? I think the seven-year-old, my son, he's really, he thinks women are beautiful. And I think that comes from Mark showing how to treat women. He's always been very big on chivalry. It's like, it is not dead. He's definitely not dead. So he's always taught the kids, open the door, put the jacket on your lady, like Mm. pour her drink just the little things that are, they're really romantic and they're really nice. And just even just coming home with a bunch of flowers or taking the kids in the street with a pair of scissors and stealing flowers from the neighbours to bring them back to mum is (laughs) very romantic. (laughs) But it's doing the nice things. Um, And I really notice it, especially in our youngest one, that he just, he will be really with me, just very touchy and you're so beautiful, mom. And really, you've got such soft skin and mm. he just really appreciates feminine beauty, which is. And and I kind of hadn't noticed it until Manny was talking about it then, but he, he, he and I have just conversations about mum, Mandy, and. And, and things how, like who he's going to marry. Yeah, and, and yeah. How, how beautiful he's, you know, we both find her, um, at, well, and then, I mean, and how lovely she is in, in all the normal mum kind of ways, you know. Mum's a great cook and mum does everything, you know, so well for us and mum loves us so much. And um, He put on my Mother's Day card that you are my most favourite person in the whole world. Yeah. So it's like that's so sweet but it, it is just really yeah. open-hearted and loving i'm sure lots of mums get those messages on mother's day yeah. and 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 all mums you know they they deserve it i love that he's kind of i can see in the conversations that we have 
that he's forming, and I'm sure our daughter is our younger daughter is, as well, they're forming what they now frame up, exactly what we were saying really earlier on, you know, by osmosis, they're framing up what they're now looking for in their life partner. And even though it's not, you know, we're not, we're not pushing that at all, but those conversations, which are just open, loving conversations about our parent, their parent, um, it's, it's creating that framework. Mm. You know, their expectation on what a relationship should be like is that, you know, there should be open and, and, and lots of open, loving, kissing and connecting. You know, um, we will ask the kids to be quiet so we can finish a conversation that we're having, you know, when, when it's important. And for those awesome parents out there that have got young kids, you know how hard that is because you'll get interrupted every second of every every day by your kids asking for stuff. So, you know, and we, we, we do get interrupted, but we do, you know, so they're seeing this. They hate that, being asked to just wait a second. But sometimes this conversation and connection is 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 more important at that's that time come first, you know yeah. so we're teaching them that they get like 95 percent of of the attention and then sometimes five percent has to be you know mm. and i think i think a lot of parents well so not a lot of parents us as parents that wasn't who we were two years ago five years ago seven years ago nine years ago you know it would be okay yeah hold on what do you need done? What what do you want? And then it's but you know, and that that's sending a, a like a connection message to one another. And as much as we love those little people, um, you, you know, from time to time, this comes first. I know in terms of um, disciplining, if there's a, you know, sometimes when one child is more annoyed at one parent than the other, I will then use language like please don't speak to my husband like that. There's, we create a real respect for each other that it's not don't speak to your father, it's please don't speak to my husband, to my love, to, you know, mm. and that, that has really helped to shift, see a different mm. respect for each other, that it's not just mum and dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it is all of those roles. It's, it's kind of validating that yeah, role. Yeah, it does. It really, yeah. that one does help. Um, and I know our 21-year-old boy, um, we work with him as well and as a result get to have some really fun times all throughout the day. He's the only one that actually comes to the office with us as well, so we get to spend a bit more time with him than the others. Um, but I've, I don't know if he's fallen short of actually saying he wants what we have. Has he actually verbalised exactly that? No, I don't think he's actually said that. Uh, yeah, but it's it's very clear that that you know because because I mean as as the kids go through stages, you know, and certainly teenage years are, are tough um, on on the on the kids because they've got all this stuff going on for them, finding out who they are and all that sort of stuff, and then they roll through that. I think the beautiful thing is that 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 all of our children, to degrees admit openly or even to themselves that they see the value in what we have you know to, to, you know and and our 21 year old has as Mandy said probably the most openly kind of gone what you have is is kind of the right thing 
you know, you guys, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. But what we see you guys doing is the right, is the right kind of relationship. It is the right kind of connection. Um, and, and so we just keep doing the work because all you're doing is then, then you're leveling up to another level and leveling up and leveling up. So, um, but all the children feel that that relationship is, and it's, it, again, it's not all roses. It's, you know, there's still all the challenges, but they're looking at it going, well. They're mo- yeah, they pretty much have articulated, but mm. it is, all of them have at some point said, our relationship is different to other ones that they have seen, mm. whether it's friendships or ones that they're exposed to themselves personally. But they're mm. like, and sometimes it's like what you have doesn't actually exist in the mm. outside world. They're like. Yeah. Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah. We know it does. And then we try to express it can be normal. It can mm. be, like you can have it. It's achievable. It's, it takes work. and. It takes work on yourself so you can find that person for you that is your soulmate. Mm. Um, and then even when you find that person, you still have to keep doing the work. It's not, like I said before, it's not the eight-week course and then you're done. It's a continual. You, you absolutely have to have to maintain the focus on it. We we let our connection dates and our extended dates slip Um in the last kind of, I don't know, maybe six weeks or eight weeks, hadn't hadn't changed how frequently we were connecting or or, or, or having sex, but certainly it, you know, and we got busy, so they we were got, shorter. Yeah, we got busy <laughs> and they were shorter and stuff, and and we just noticed we weren't connecting, and we kind of noticed that in certain interactions, it wasn't massive, but it was definitely there. So you know, we've we've reverted back to now, you know, locking in connecting dates, you know, during the week and, you know, locking in extended sex dates. So, you know, it's just you keep, and, we, and you know, funnily enough, we're back to, we're actually doing it together. Um, we're, we're back to doing sexual mastery for men. Now, I know that's a men's course, but it's, you know, it's great for Mandy to see what I'm doing to try and Great for it's, Mark too. It's good for us. It's great for me. It's great for me. <laughs> that I'm doing it. <laughs> but you know, it's that feedback. It's it's you know, I'm getting feedback on the other side of it. I mean, obviously, we get feedback during sexual mastery for men from you, Kim, which is great. Um, but it's but it's a bit it's a bit like you know when you when you're pushing against something, when you're doing the work. I've by Mandy doing it, she's she's the the backside pushing against it as well. So I'm I'm getting to see both both sides of it by us doing it together i'm not saying everyone has to do that but that's just us circling around and doing that work again Mm. so yeah excellent i love your guys's commitment the proof is always in the pudding we love your work (laughs) we really do yeah yeah i mean even this morning we've set the kids up they've got some paper craft activities they've got snacks and food and made them a hot chocolate which is something special but we haven't we've been talking this whole time and we haven't heard from them which is that's just another level of respect that they understand I mean they're a little bit like the youngest now is seven so different to when they were two and four yeah we would not have been able to have this conversation but um yeah now that they're a bit older and they we wouldn't have been able to have this conversation without being interrupted yeah more than likely (laughs) 
Which still would have been okay. But yeah, I think that just also illustrates the respect that we've cultivated mm. because the, I've asked them to not interrupt because this is an important meeting that we're having. And yeah, they, there's probably paper everywhere and <laughs> <laughs> food, but. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, no, just just do the work. And thank you for the yeah. work that you keep putting out. It's, yeah. um, my Friday mornings are my favourite because that's when your podcast comes out for me. It's Friday morning in Australia mostly. So I'm like, what have we got? And I like to go for a run and you fill my whole hour. I love it. So keep doing that. <laughs> And we always we always get something. There's always something that we pick up um, by listening and, and and circling back around. So again, yeah, thank you. Because I, I I don't think it's easy work that you do in terms of communicating what you're what you're putting out there. So mm. you know, thanks for your bravery and thanks for thanks for doing it for us. So. My pleasure. Thank you so much for letting us into your world and sharing all of this so that you can be a wonderful example and inspiration and beacon for other people to really show them mm. that this is what this kind of, this is the fruits of your labor. And then these are the reverberations that it has. We've already talked to both of you about your overall lives and careers, but I really wanted people to see the impact that this kind of beautiful gourmet sex relationship has on your children as well. So thank you. And it is just, it's really achievable. It's mm. yeah, for anyone. That's probably my biggest message that it's not made up. It's work, but it's doable. Make anyone, can do it. yeah. anyone can do anyone it. Anyone can do it. You just you just have to start. It's like anything. You just mm. have to start and then do do the work. A little bit of work to begin with, see what the results are. Trust and then, it. And then lean in. Mm. So do the work. Thank you, Thanks, Kim. Kim. Very inspirational. I love these two. They are such great examples of how their connection really spreads out and feeds every part of their lives, including and especially their family and children. All of my salons teach the concepts that we have been speaking about from clearing space between them to harvesting and using their sexual energy as a creative power. My Sexy Mama Salon goes deep into all things holistic pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. We cover everything from conscious conception to conscious parenting. You can check out my free video preview series at kimanami.com. Look for Sexual Savant Salons and then click on Sexy Mama. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.